the relation of one person to another and the interest of one of us to another one of us is really quite a quandary on many different levels. So there's obviously the, uh, the immediately apparent uh, um, levels which uh, we should get through uh, or get through our heads very early, such as during childhood, such as understanding the, 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 the mental states of other people. We see the problems when people can't do that or when kids can't do that for too long or understanding that um, other people exist for themselves and in their own way. And that's a, a step that most of us are yet to, to take in our development, in our outlook. We see other people merely as objects to satisfy our, our desires, merely as avatars uh, onto whom we project ourselves. Uh, either negatively or positively. So those are basic things. And, and in order to even be a human being, we have to have an awareness of the reality of others. We can't be like the tiger who's ready to eat the cute little kid uh, when the tiger is hungry. And if we're like that, we're not a human being. We're whatever whatever we are, but not a human being. But uh, even after we get through, let's say, such levels, there's still the, the technical question of how do the interests of apparently billions and billions of people relate to each other. So here also we can give answers that are more kind of soft to so say, meaning we can say something like we're all part of the same world. So um, the, the coffee I drink in the morning relies on the work of so many endless amounts of people, maybe of everybody in the world altogether. Really, if we think about it, uh, somebody grew the, the coffee bean, somebody made the road on which the person drove, somebody uh, fed the person who made the roads, and so forth and so on, until perhaps it encompasses every productive person on the planet, maybe even who has ever lived. And, that, and that's an interesting, uh, definitely, line of thought to suppose that, for example, uh, the, the responsible for our cell phone is every single person that has ever lived in some way or other, or at least every person that has had any kind of economic contribution whatsoever. Maybe the, uh, the, the person who invented a key part of the cell phone uh, obviously was fed by somebody or his uh, great, 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 grandparents were fed by certain farmers that are completely and totally anonymous now, obviously ground entirely to dust, their memory entirely lost, not a single record of them uh, remains anywhere, and yet they maybe saved the life by by feeding the starving, again, great, 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 whatever, of, a, of the person who discovered one piece of the cell phone without which there wouldn't be a cell phone, or, or the, the physics behind the, the, the cell phone, electromagnetism, or whatnot. So that's also a very interesting uh, again, way that we can think about things in our relation uh, to each other, we see that in the heat of life, we we're very um, we're very myopic vision. We're hung up on on ourselves and our own success, which is perfectly normal and even would say necessary, and, per, and we would say perhaps even desirable, at least in some cases. Uh, but then eventually, as uh, uh, the the sun begins to set for us, we're forced to uh, either look outwards and think about our relation to the whole, or to be sunk deeper into ourselves, and then having our own little desires, our own little ego and vanity be fighting this uh, battle that we're then guaranteed to lose, and that's no fun. So that's uh, on a certain level, which is which is a great level. It's a deep level to, to be able to think like that. We, we can give these kinds of answers, but still something is missing for somebody that wants to think a little deeper. For example, we can, especially now with the internet, we can go and... Um, for example, video chat, right? So we can video chat, we can have a conference uh, called through work uh, or otherwise, and we can see 
images pop up on the screen that we understand to be real people. And all of a sudden we see a person that we've never seen before. It could be thousands of miles away, uh, engaged in whatever he or she is engaged in, eating, drinking, talking. And it's like, wow, that was a real person. That's a totality onto him or her own self. Just like I'm a totality for myself. How in the world can this person exist? Like what is going on? And how does this person have a relation to me and have a, a fundamental uh, kind of uh, how are our interests fundamentally intertwined with each other so again we could give these answers this person's uh, uh, grandchildren might marry my grandchildren this person uh, is going to have a contribution to the whole that I that, and I want to have a contribution to the whole and all these kinds of things but again what about on an even deeper level so here we can put forth a very interesting argument so we say we're the same person uh, throughout our life, right? We say, uh, I was me when I was one, when I was two, when I was three, maybe I don't remember then, but fine, when I was five, 10, 15, 20, uh, 30, whatever age I am now, that was the same me. I was the same me when I lived somewhere else, when I had a different job, it was the same me. And yet, in which way was it the same me? All right. Uh, and, and there's many answers we can give, but one answer we can give is to note that um, we cannot reduce ourselves to any intelligible attribute or aspect. We can't say that I am my nose or I am my eyebrows or I am my tone of voice or I am my personality or I am my memories or I am my feelings. That's a, a, Some people feel that way, but it's, a, it's, it's not at all justifiable. Right? I, can feel, I can identify my clothing and say I am my clothing, but that's, then somebody takes my clothing and then I'm not my clothing, but I still remain. Right? I am my car. Me and my car are one. But uh, then uh, my car is uh, taken away or, or, or replaced and I, I see that I still am. I, I can identify so fully with my age that I say, you know, I am 50 years old fundamentally. I am 100 years old. Me and me and 100 years old are one. And yet then I hopefully maybe turn 101 and all of a sudden the 100 years old is gone. The 100 year old and yet I still am here. So we see we can't really uh, fully say that we're... Um, or we can't say that we're fully one with any uh, attribute or aspect. And, and, and further, we say that, uh, or, or shall we say, that that kind of can uh, compel us uh, or can motivate us to try to find the different way to think about our own self. So here a hint might be that we can fall asleep and we can dream ourselves to be anybody. And then the next night we can dream ourselves to be somebody else and then somebody else. So what does that mean to be somebody in a dream? We would say it's the dream things from the from a given perspective. I look down, I see particular hands. I look in the mirror, I see a particular face. Further, I see uh, uh, I have a particular outlook. I have a particular view. Now, in a, obviously, in a, in, a, in a dream dream at night, it's all in light of our in, real individuality. We can't dream realistically that we're a master mathematician if we barely know math. We can't dream that, uh, you know, that we dream of the answers to complicated problems that we don't know in reality, or at least past a certain extent. I see to some extent we can and we do. Uh, we can be creative in dreams, but past a certain extent, meaning somebody has absolutely no knowledge of botany and all of a sudden in the dream that a, a, a person is a professional botanist and knows all the names and all of this no so it's in light of our real character that's during the day but it's just and so we're not saying it's everything's a dream anything then we're saying maybe that's a way to think about it we see we're able to still be and yet dream ourselves to be other people we're able to have radical shifts of identity through time through space all kinds of things so here we would say that uh, perhaps that can lead us to, to suppose that we are, again, not any of those attributes. And what are we then? We're, we're whatever we are. We're existence. We're I. We're I am. 
what I am. I, uh, there is existence, and, and that's that. And all the attributes are kind of superimposed onto existence. To so say, so consequently, according to this view, we would say that um, I know about myself qualitatively in the same way that I know about any other person, just diff- quantitate with a quantitative difference. For example. I know more intimate things about myself. I consider myself, I can recall memories from when I was five years old, perhaps, or, te- or 10 years old, if whatever the earliest memories may be. I look at another person. I can't do that. I can't recall their memories, but it's a quantitative difference. I can still see their face. I can still see their, their bodily motions. I can still speak to them and learn about their mental states, uh, at least according to what they say. So we see, it, it, uh, one could argue, perhaps, that it's a quantitative difference between knowledge of ourselves and of other people. So from that in might follow that uh, qualitatively we are no more what we think that we are than we are anybody else. Meaning qualitatively we are as much ourself as we are the person who shows up on a mo- uh, for a split second on our screen in some kind of video chat, some kind of uh, um, a Skype type of thing. Right? We see a person for, for a brief moment, maybe we're speed dating for two minutes, we see another person then we never see them again. So we, we could argue perhaps that qualitatively we are no more what we think we are than we are what we just saw. It's a quantitative difference. There we heard uh, uh, maybe uh, 1% of, inf- or not even 1, 0.00001% of the information that we have as it concerns what we think to be our own self, but it's still a quantitative difference. And still, the difference between what we consider to be ourself and that individual that we saw for a brief flash of time. Or, for example, even just driving down the highway, we see the, the briefest uh, flash of, of a person driving by us. So we, we could say that it's a quantitative difference between the knowledge of myself and that person. And we would say the only way to say that then is to say that I'm not really, that I am the one that still remains when I dream myself to be somebody else. When I dream myself to be a giraffe. When I dream myself to be an antelope. Uh, that, uh, I'm not uh, the, the antelope in waking life, but the, the the one that I am in waking life, I'm still there as I dream myself to be an antelope. Understand what we're saying? So that's the idea. Not to say any of this is really so. It's all very ambiguous thus far. We have to, to try to clarify these thoughts, but it's an interesting way to, to look a, at it. And then we would say that uh, the way that other people's interests relate to our own is that um, the, excuse me, there's no, 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 uh, qualitative gap between what I take to be myself and what I take to be other people. I can think of there being a single reality within which somehow, also this doesn't answer the question of how there is individuation. How is it that a certain pattern um, consistently uh, of individuality is consistently at the forefront of one's attention? Here, there's many different things that we would have to, to clarify, no doubt. But um, we could say that there's a single reality. What I take myself to be is part of that reality, and so is anybody and everybody else that I am aware of, any and, uh, any and all other attributes and aspects that I am aware of. So consequently, in, in, in the, the difference between the reason that I look out for myself, number one, and not for the person I see passing by in the street is a question of responsibility. It's simply a question of the nearness to this center of experience that, again, is mysteriously somehow individuated. Uh, the, the, the hand that, that, I, that is here in front of my face is closest to my mouth, so it feeds my mouth first and not the mouth that's thousands of miles away. But it wouldn't be because that mouth is qualitatively different uh, or fundamentally less important or other than this present mouth. The reason I work on myself, on my mind, on my morals is because the most immediately present, not because it's fundamentally different uh, or, or, or more or less important than that 
of what we call anybody else, right? And we see the reason I, I care for my family is because they they are my responsibility. They're immediately in, in closest proximity, not because they're fundamentally other than some other family or fundamentally more uh, or less important. So we see, and further we see, interestingly enough, that any person that we see them for a, a split second on our screen, and yet we can, uh, on certain circumstances, take that person in and make them more important than our life itself. For example, let's say we uh, pass thousands and thousands of people on the street. All of them are nothing but a flash in our life dream. We can't even remember the specific faces. And yet, let's say one day, the, the 50,000th and 67th person that we pass on the street catches our attention or they drop something, we pick it up, this person turns out to be our spouse. Now, a couple of years go by, we might value this person's life more than we value our own life, all right? Or, or for example, we have a... a uh, a kid, or we're, we're um, you know, we're waiting for a kid. We have no idea who it is. We have absolutely no idea. It could be anybody. Anybody could come out. And, and could, but after a little while, we value this quote unquote random person, if we're any good parents at all, more than our own life itself. And we're willing to give our so precious life away for this person that was a short while ago, completely random, completely arbitrary to so say. So we see that these are these seem to be conceptual questions. They seem to be. Uh, uh, questions of uh, identity and ideas and all of this. And and, and when we kind of uh, fail to, to think that, we might think that we're a self-isolated existence defined in terms of our attributes and aspects and consequently nobody else has any real relation to me in mind. This, I, I'm a fundamentally isolated existence, uh, again, defined as this body and these uh, passions and desires and, and, and all of this. And uh, somebody else is somebody else. Everybody else is everybody else. There's a fundamental and unbridgeable gap between me and the person I pass by in the street or that I see uh, for a split second in, a, say, subways in, in, in cities, right, or metros or trains. They're going by in a dark tunnel, and you look out and you see a whole life there, a whole world, one person, another person. So to say there's a fundamental gap between us, we would say, no, there's no fundamental gap. I'm not who I think that I am. And that person is not who he or she thinks that they are. And yet, all, my individuality is real. Their individuality is real. Uh, to, to, as far as it is real. And it can, when properly leveraged and properly used, it can be oriented towards the highest good. For for or for my true self, which is the true self that there is. Which is the true self of, of the person that I see for a split second on the subway. And the person I see... Uh, driving down the, in a car for a split second or on the street or on a video chat or anywhere else. So those are some ideas there. Obviously not all questions by any means are answered. A lot more clarity is called for, but perhaps we can get the gears turning a little bit. Thank you for listening. <laughs>